My next guest, the man joining me today is a professional mixed martial artist with a record of seven wins with one loss. This man has six finishes in his seven professional wins, and you can currently catch him on season 31 of The Ultimate Fighter. Please welcome onto the show, Landon Quinones. How you doing, Landon? Doing good, man. Just finished a little workout. Just took a shower, feeling refreshed, feeling nice, ready to get the next day going. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you for taking the time, man. And I'm sure you're busy. You're putting in that work. Uh, you know, I follow you on Instagram, so you're you're always training. You're always at the gym. Thanks for taking the time, brother. No, of course. I appreciate you. Awesome, man. So Landon, you know, you are a professional mixed martial artist right now. You are actually the very first Team McGregor uh, person that I've had, uh, you know, I don't want to say contestant, fighter, Team McGregor <laughs> teammate, you know what I mean? Uh, joining me on the show today, man. How's it feel? Uh, just life, man. How's life been for you? It's been good. It's definitely been a little different since being on the Ultimate Fighter. Again, a lot of following growth. Um, a lot of people messaging me. A lot of people talking to me. Um, um I, I was able to go to Puerto Rico, and um, I I built a bigger following over there. I did a podcast with my boy Shente, who has over a million followers. Interview yeah. people like Bad Bunny, Carol G, and well, so I'm growing a big following over there. Went and taught a seminar. Um, my fan base is growing tremendously, but um, um a lot has changed the way that my training has been. I'm currently with a new team, MMA Science Academy. We call it the Pack Fight Team. So I made a lot of adjustments. Um, much everything's a lot different. I'm kind of getting into the flow of things, but man, like with the way things are going, nothing, nothing but positivity has come from this experience, and I'm just excited for the future. I'm doing really well right now, and I'm, I'm I couldn't be happier. Are you uh in Florida or? Because I know you're Eastern Time Zone. Are you in like Florida or what part are you? Yeah, yeah, part yeah. Of the country? Florida, Florida, Florida? South Florida. I actually live in Boca Raton right now. I'll be in Orlando next week. How's that? Oh, nice. Orlando, nice. What are you doing? You go to the parks? Uh yeah, I'm gonna go to the parks. Uh, I'm gonna go to the parks. I'm going to Tampa. I'm gonna go catch a Rays game as well. Oh, nice, nice, nice. I don't know if that's where anywhere near where you're from. No, nah, I'm worse. I'm I'm down south, brother. Yeah, I actually wasn't. I was in Tampa a couple months ago, but when I got back from Vegas. I actually went to Bush Gardens. So if you go to Bush Gardens, they got some sick roller coasters. You'll definitely love it there. Bro, I hate heights. Yeah, I mean, I do too, but my biggest, I mean, obviously, I I like the feeling of being scared because I fight for a living, so. Oh, fair, fair <laughs> enough, man. Uh, something tells me you're used to having adrenaline pump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fighting's a crazy thing. Probably the biggest adrenaline you'll ever have, so I don't think anything gets scarier than that. Yeah, so you've had a, a lot of, you said your following's building up, man, so I'm assuming life after this show has been kind of crazy, right? I mean, is, is it crazy just dealing with all the people? Do you get recognized now in public, man? How's life been for Landon Quinones? In Florida, not so much, but when I was in Puerto Rico, it definitely happened a good bit um, at the gyms and the MMA scene. A lot of people are, are hitting me up and talking to me a lot more than they did before. You know, you're getting a lot of publicity, a lot of exposure. That was one of the biggest things about being on the Ultimate Fighter. Um, life has been good, though, man. I've been trying to keep a low profile, work on my skills, work on my weaknesses. Like I said, I made a lot of adjustments to training. I've just been trying to stay grounded. Right now, I'm under contract with the UFC, so I can't fight until the, the um, or until um, uh, the show finishes airing. So yeah. right now I'm on the shelf, unfortunately. So I've been doing grappling matches, trying to stay busy, trying to stay active, um, uh, trying to stay working. And that's it, man. Just staying grounded, staying in the routine, staying consistent. You know, I don't have to be in a training camp pace, but as long as I'm training every day, I'm working on my skills and I'm keeping myself in good shape, keeping myself healthy, keeping myself out of trouble, hustling, working, making money, doing my thing. That You know what I mean? It's, it's kept me good. And, you know, things are going great. Is there anything annoying since you got out, got off the show, is there anything that's bugged that's bugged oh. you or whatnot, or having to deal with? I'm sure. Hey, bro, I know you're gonna win the show. Or hey, bro, how'd you do? Tell me. You know, do you deal oh, with yeah, that bro. kind of shit? All day, every day. I got guys <laughs> from the media. I got friends asking. I got people <laughs> DMing me. Jesus I got Christ. people telling me their opinions on things that happen in the house and like talking <laughs> about me from the show and like 
it's pretty annoying, but at the same time, it's what I expected. You know, it's it's a big show. You know, the it's the thirty first season of the Ultimate Fighter. We also have Conor McGregor as one of the coaches, who's the biggest superstar in the history of the sport. So this was definitely something I expected, and it's on primetime ESPN, which is yeah. pretty damn good for my brand. So regardless of how annoying people get, you know, they're just fans and they're just enjoying the experience. And you know, I, I gotta love it and appreciate it for what it is. You know, they're watching, right? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So you, your team, McGregor. How was that experience like being around a guy like Conor McGregor, man? Got to ask that one. Honestly, it was life-changing. You know, uh, the guy is definitely exactly like he is on TV. It's not an act. He's a very charismatic guy, crazy energy, very intense human being. Uh, a guy that's very obsessed with his craft. He's a little crazy. You know, when he talks about getting going <laughs> mad and going insane in your craft, you got to be a little bit gone. The guy's definitely a little bit gone, you know. Um, the practices were really good. You know, there, he was he was there a lot to promote his brands and stuff. But, you know, in the, like he had his family in town. So there's sometimes he would miss practice. But when he was there, it was valuable. And he didn't hold anything back from what he does in his fights and teaching us anything. He taught us a lot of crazy, crazy things, a lot of good, good things that we can add to our game. You know, it's beautiful for me also because I'm a southpaw myself and I'm a striker. Yeah. So it was only fitting for me to be on a team like Connor for, to learn from one of the best southpaws to ever do it, you know. Also, getting to train with his coaches, John Kavanaugh, O'Roddy, uh, Sergey Poliski, you know, all these guys. It was it was amazing, man. It was amazing. I got a lot of different looks, a lot of different – you know, the, the the striking aspect, too, I have a good coach. So my coach kind of teaches me the same concepts they were teaching. But to hear the way things are explained in a different way kind of helps your outlook on techniques. And, you know, I was able to take a lot of the routines and the structure, the way they train back home with me and um, uh, add it to the way I do things back home. So it was definitely life-changing. I got to see – how a guy that, that's got so much star power handles himself from when we went out in public with him uh, to the way he carries himself in front of the cameras, to the way the UFC treats him, to, to just his personality too. Because realistically, I see him and you would think someone who has a lot of money like that is is has changed and stuff, but the guy takes great care of his team. Um, he's very close to his people, you know what I mean? And uh, he's a very caring guy and a very passionate guy. So I'm just grateful for the experience and um, I got a lot, a, a lot to thank Connor for, for sure. Does it add extra motivation to you to seeing what you could be? Uh, absolutely. You know, I mean, this is one of the guys the best to ever do it. You know, he's, I wouldn't, I mean, I'd say there's guys with better legacies, but as far as star power and everything like mm -hmm. that, like there's not really anybody that has done it like Connor. He's the most prosperous guy of all time. Um, uh, he's had one of the craziest runs of all time and, uh, to see how he carries himself, how he trains, how he does things, how his work ethic is, how his mind is being able to pick his brain is a definitely a life changing experience. And Obviously, I'm not Connor, and I'm not trying to be like Connor. Yeah. But I can definitely take things that he's done in the game and add it to who I am, and add it to Landon Quinones. You know what I'm saying? Because obviously, one thing about martial arts is very personal. I'll never fight like Connor. I'll never fight like yeah. Bokanovsky. I'll never fight like Islam. I'll never fight like Islam. I'm gonna fight like me. But if I can take pieces of the game from guys that have been successful and add them to mine, you know, what I mean, I can make my own style, make my own impressions, make my own image, my own my own brand, my own thing. And uh, improve myself to the best of my ability, and that's something that I was able to take from Connor, and um, it's helped me a lot for sure. Besides, you know, a martial artist, what life lesson did, did the show teach you? The experience teacher doesn't really have to be from Connor, man. What like personal lesson did you take with yourself? Oh uh, man, seeing all these guys that come from different backgrounds, different places, you know, one thing I learned is um just to understand how people's mindsets are. I, I'm a very un I, a lot of times I can be not emotionally intelligent, very emotional, very outlandish. And uh, being able to coexist with, with different personalities and also seeing the, the the motivations of different people. You know what I mean? One thing I realized being in the house is that the reason you fight has to be more than just selfish reasons, right? Like my thing yeah. going in was like, oh, I fight because I want to be the baddest dude and because I want to fight and I want to do this and I want to make yeah. money. But it has to be more than that. You have to have a greater why. You got to want to support mm -hmm. your family. You got to want to do it 
also for the love of it. You want to help be able to inspire others. You want to, you want to have greater motivations than just being selfish. So I feel like that's one thing that I took. Like, for example, when Kurt Hollibaugh was in the house, every time he went to practice, he had a picture of his family in his bag or he had a picture of his family at the weigh-ins. You know what I mean? It was something that, that touched me and inspired me. And I, I saw it and I looked up to him in a lot of ways because of that. And I feel like having a greater why and a greater purpose to why you do this is something that can drive you and make this whole experience way more worth, worthwhile than what I was fighting for originally. So I'm very grateful yeah. for that experience because it opened my eyes to a lot of things. And um, uh, it was awesome. Yeah, I was able, I was privileged enough to talk to a jiu-jitsu world champ, uh, Kendo Rusing. I don't know if you know who that is. But she's, she's uh, I don't think I do. She saw in jiu-jitsu. She'd always, t she, she told me the biggest advice I gave to everyone is making sure you understand like why you're doing it. And if you're just doing things for like money, right? Let's just say money or fame. When shit gets rough, that's not good enough to like get you to the next level or get you through a bad day. So no, it's, like it's, it's definitely that. yeah, hundred percent. So it, it really like stuck with me. She had a point. So it kind of, you know, goes back with what you're saying, man. So I completely agree with you there. Yeah, like being young and young and dumb and wanting to be the best. Like, yeah, it, you can be driven to be the best. It's important. But some, on some days when you're broke as fuck and you don't know where the money's yeah. coming and you're doing this, like you, you got to have more reasons than yeah. just, oh, I want to be the best. You know what I mean? You got to put food on the table. You know what I mean? You, you got to pay the rent. You got to pay the light. Like there's so much more. You're, you know what I mean? You got to make sure your mom's taken care of when she retires. You know what I mean? There's so much more that you have, you know, for those that have kids, right? They have, they have to take yeah. care of their family. You got to make sure their kids have food, you know? Like there's so much more to it than just yourself, and I feel like that was something I learned out in the house. Now, you know, talking about stuff that's already aired, right? Uh, there, there looked to be a little bit of tension between you and and, and a vet there. Um, <laughs> people saw that, right? Yeah. But I want to ask a different question from this, where where you might think, you know, I might go, but no. Um, did you learn something besides Kurt Hollaball? Was there something positive you earned or you got from being around vets? Absolutely, man. These are guys that have been there, done that. You know, um, I think they're kind of dumb for having lost their opportunity, at least the reason some of them did. Some of them just had some tough losses and a tough run and things didn't yeah. go their way. Some of them were making money and making the wrong decisions and fucked up their opportunities. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I kind of learned, you know, I mean, they say the life's greatest lessons are on the tombstones of others. Right. So That's I feel like I, I. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I feel like I learned a lot from watching them. But one thing I, I, I saw is how hungry they were after losing an opportunity. And um, just seeing how they handle themselves, they're a lot more calm, a lot more mature than us. Our, our prospects, were, our team was outlandish and degenerates and, like, talking trash and having loud, funny van rides. Like, it was fun. You know what I mean? It's a different kind of motivation for and sure. a different kind of energy. And I feel like that youthful energy is a great thing that we had. But seeing the composure of the vets and seeing, like, how they move, I don't know. It, it definitely, it definitely did make a thing, and I feel like it's a different. It, like the motivation that we all have is equal, right? Yeah. But it's it's different. You get what I'm For saying? Sure. These yeah. are guys that had it and lost it. We're guys that never had it and won it. So the motivation is equal, but different. Does that make sense? I know. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm not making sense. No, 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 no. Yeah, I get but, you. I'm following you. I'm following. But, um, you. I don't know. Just just the composure and seeing how they handle themselves and seeing like how they turn, they flip the switch. You know, I, I've always been a guy that's good at flipping the switch. But watching the way some of those guys do it was pretty impressive, and I'm, uh, I definitely am going to take from it for sure. Now, now, now you're you're a savage, man. You, you seem like a, a guy that's very confident in themselves. Uh, but I, I got to ask, was there a point there? Uh, let's just talk about the episodes that have aired where you know the the vets had won. Was there some sort of humbling experience as you're watching guys from your team lose there? Like, was, was it like a oh shit? Or none of that. Well, I wouldn't call it humbling, man. You got to understand, like, you got to mm -hmm. learn to separate the team vibe. Because at the end of the day, like, yeah, it's a team it's a team thing on the show. Yeah. But realistically, we're all from different camps and different teams. Like, none of us are actually teammates. So you make friends, yeah. you're interacting, you're in a house, yeah. and you the team vibe, they push that on, on you, right? 
But yeah. at the end of the day, none of those guys are friends with each other. None of those, like, they're friends, but they're not here for each other. They're here for themselves. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Okay. If the, when the prospects win their, all win their fights, the prospects have to fight each other. And the yeah. vets all win their fights, the vets have to fight each other. So you guys can talk about how your friends and teammates all you want, but at the end of the day, this is an individual competition. So watching those fights, I don't, I don't want to say it was humbling, but at one point the, the the team vibe was getting in my head and it pissed me the fuck off because I hate yeah. losing. You know I mean? I'm a competitive person. For sure. So um I was running my fucking mouth and I said my piece and you know it, it did irritate me. But at the end of the day, I brought myself down to earth and I actually reminded myself, hey, like you're not it's a, whatever happened with them has nothing to do with you. You yeah. need to carry on and focus on yourself, you know. But yeah, it does pay me to see because you build relations with these people, you build interactions, and you have to see them hurt because losing a fight is one of the most painful things you can do. The sport has the highest highs and the lowest lows. So when you develop these friendships, because when you have no phone, no TV, no music, no books, and you're forced to interact with people in this house, you build relationships very quickly. You know what I mean? There's no outlets or social media or anything to distract you. You have to talk to these people. So when you start interacting and talking, even the veterans, like I made friends with some of the veterans. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Cody Gibson was a guy I talked to a lot, a guy that was like an older guy that schooled me on a lot of shit. And like, there's a lot of people, good people in the house, you know, regardless of what the case is, you build relations with people. So it did pay me to see guys lose. It did pay me because I understand how important the opportunity is to them as it is to me. You know, so that that was a factor. But like I said, I was able to kind of ground myself and separate it from all that. You know, is that why the nickname the lone wolf comes from? Yeah, I guess. I guess you could say that. I definitely I definitely had to had to become one for sure. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I did have a good relationship with most of my teammates. And, you know, I have a big mouth. I have a personality. It's not for everybody. I'm very outlandish and blunt. So I say what's on my mind, and sometimes I don't really have a filter. Sometimes I talk too much. Sometimes I say things I shouldn't say, but at least I'm not fucking fake. So you uh, know? I hear that. I, I hear <laughs> that. Cool. I yeah. hear that, man. It's better to be real. Um, did it bother you that you were uh, ranked number four by Connor? Uh, not to be honest. Everyone on that show it belongs there, and everyone there had a chance of winning. So regardless of what the ranks were, it didn't really matter. I felt like with the matchups, I felt like that might have been a strategical thing. I felt like I was one of the better strikers in the whole cast, and I felt like I had a chance to beat anybody there. So um, I think it could have been a strategic thing. It could have been that he wanted to put his boy Lee number one. I don't know what it was. I don't know if he wanted to put me on the second set of fights for any reason. I didn't really look into it. He even told us that the rankings don't mean shit. He just It was just more about like whatever he feels to do. You know, He, he told us from the get-go when he picked, the rankings don't mean shit. We're just going to put you guys in. You know, So it is what it is. Maybe there was a method. To me, it makes no difference. I still fought the ultimate fighter. I still got an opportunity of a lifetime. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Did were you a fan of the show beforehand? Yeah, but not to the degree that I am now. You know, I I think once I got selected, or I was before, when I knew I was going to go to Vegas to do the final process, I started watching highlights from every season. I was uh, I did watch a few seasons, like I watched the John Jones season. Obviously, everyone's watched the season five, the BJ Penn season with Jen Fulver. That's yeah, that's what got season. me hooked, bro. Yeah, for sure. I watched a little bit of the DC Stepe season. Uh, my coach was actually a coach for Amanda Nunez coaching staff. Uh, Roger Carl, he was on the Amanda Nunez season, so I watched a little bit of that. Um, uh, Volkanovski, I had a friend of the Volkanovski season, and I'm a big Volkanovski fan, so I watched that one as well. Um, but yeah, man, I definitely got more into it being on it for sure. Did you? Uh, what What got you started in MMA? As we're wrapping up here, cool. <laughs> How much can I say on this show? You can <laughs> so, say whatever fuck you want, bro. You can cousin say awesome, whatever. Awesome. So um, uh, I kind of like I, I dabbled in martial arts throughout my life, like karate when I was five, tried boxing when I was 13. My, my mom wouldn't, wasn't able to afford it, didn't want to put me in or even really drive me. Um, I grew up with a mother with a lot of mental health issues. She didn't really want to do much for me in those, those senses, the things I wanted to do. I didn't really have a lot of opportunity. I played basketball. I dabbled in sports and stuff, but I never really finished anything I started, right? right? 
Yeah. Uh, in high school, I used to skip school a lot, not really do shit. I feel like I wasn't really able to dedicate myself to anything. I had no direction. I remember I was 17 years old, and I used to have little get-togethers at my house during the day because I would go to the bus stop, and my mom went to work at 9 o'clock. I would go back to the house and just skip school all day, and I missed, like, months of school at a time. And I remember I had um, one of my friends came over, and he had just started ju doing jiu-jitsu classes at Wagner Rocha's, uh, Wagner Rocha Martial Arts, which is a I know you don't know Wagner Rocha is, right? Really high-level black belt, big-time competitor. Definitely yeah, not. world champion, ADCC competitor, really good jiu-jitsu guy uh, here in Florida. And he had a gym and plantation close to my house, and he had started doing classes. He was really hyped on it. And we were we were smoking in my house, and we were watching uh, a bunch of fighter highlights, Anthony Pettis, uh, John Jones, Anderson Silva. And growing up, I knew, like, obviously I knew Brock Lesnar because I was a WWE fan as a little kid, and then he was oh, a yeah. fighter. So I knew who he was. Uh, I knew who Frank Neer was. I knew Anderson Silva was. Like, I knew some of the older guys. But um, the guy that stood out to me the most watching was Nick Diaz. And I remember watching Nick Diaz and, like, with my upbringing and, like, my issues socializing and expressing myself and, like, watching how poor he grew up and watching his upbringing and seeing the way his personality was and the way he was fighting and stuff. Like, I, it, it inspired me because I felt like I could, like, resonate with that, you know? And uh, watching him flick people off and talk a bunch of shit. And I saw him finishing dudes and banging dudes up. I'm like, man, I can do that. So I started going to, cl going to classes three days a week. And I remember one day, because I used to day drink and do drugs with friends, pop pills, and do like, a bunch of psychedelics and shit. I used to be partying all the time when I was like in high school, late high school. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I wasn't going to go to college. I didn't have any direction. I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do for work. I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I remember I was at one time, I was at a friend's house. I had been training, but like I wasn't taking it seriously. I was all talk, right? And I remember I took the acid, I did an acid trip. And I remember I looked in the mirror. I, I, yes, I know it sounds fucked up, but listen here. So I went in the bathroom and I looked in the mirror at myself and I just didn't like what I saw. I'm like, damn, I'm all frail. My face is breaking out with acne. I'm day drinking. Like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I've never finished anything I started in my whole life. I have no direction whatsoever. And uh, that moment kind of woke me up. After that, I didn't drink anything. I didn't smoke. I didn't do shit for like two years. And I just trained two, three days, turned into four days. Four days turned to five days, five days turned to six days, eventually six turned to seven days a week because I was young and I could do that. And then, um, uh, yeah, man, I just kind of found a passion. I had my first fight when I was 18 in high school. I knocked out a guy that was 23 years old with a spinning back fist. Then I got that winner's high for the first time and I realized, like, I can actually do this, you know, because I never accomplished anything in my life. I was yeah. in tears, man. I won I won a fight. I climbed the mountain and I won, a, I won on a personal goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And from there on, I just I knew regardless of how hard it would be, this is what I want to do. This is why I want to push at, and um, uh, now we're here. So, yeah, Shit, it's been a long journey. How do you how, how uh, picturing yourself when you're like 18 years old to now, man? What would your 18 year old uh, self think, man? He'd be like, "Damn, you you are a stud, and you have gotten way further than I ever thought you would." That's I. That's what I think. You know what I mean? I knew I knew oh, I yeah. could do stuff, but like once you're, it, you don't really know until you're there. You know what I mean? And like yeah. realistically, I'm only seven and one. I'm still a baby in this game. I got plenty of fights to have, plenty of fight left in me. I'm not even in my prime, 27 years old. I want to be one of those guys with 50 plus fights and I'm done with this. You know what I mean? So I got a lot of work to do and I got to stay humble, stay grounded, keep working until my family's fed, taken care of. The bills are paid constantly until my life has changed and everyone else's life has changed. The work's not done. So you just got to keep pushing, stay humble, keep your head down, keep working and just enjoy the process and don't rush the process, you know? Oh yeah, man. Great story. Landon, before we sign off here, man, been doing uh i've had uh, a member of the show usually join me weekly man i've been doing some ultimate fighter trivia man you might not be great you might be great at this man i got just three questions for you man and we'll close out the show man are you ready yeah let's do it all right man what world champion was produced out of the ultimate fighter season 14 season 14 who was the coaches in that one 
uh, Michael Bisping and Jason Mayhem Miller. Oh man, world champion. Yep, what world champion came out of that one show? Ah, that's rough. Uh, what? Can you give me a hint? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you two options, bro. I'll give you two options. I'll give you. I'll give you uh, T.J. Dillashaw or Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson. That is incorrect. It was T.J. Dillashaw. It was T.J. That was with John Dodson. That was with John Dodson season. Yeah, John Dodson. Oh the man, finale. damn! I forgot about that. Damn. Okay, that's sucks. So it's all good. We, we we're gonna go to the second one. Okay, who who from the Ultimate Fire? So who is the only person to ever win the only live season of the Ultimate Fire? Yes, that was who? Michael Chiesa. You are correct. Hey, you yeah. got this. All right, all right. Last you, one. You know, man. I know that because I remember he was at the PI when I was in Vegas. Oh, there you go. <laughs> a whole hour long combo with him. So I guess I got lucky on that one. Next there one. we go. All right, man. So I got I got the last one here, man. So season one of the Ultimate Fighter had Randy Couture and Chuck Liddell, man. What were the color of the jerseys, man? What were their green two and black. colors? Green and black? It was uh green and blue. Green and blue. Fuck. <laughs> all right, not bad though. Not bad, man. You got one. You, you yeah, got yeah. one, man. Landon, it's been great talking to you, man. Uh, is there a message you want to give to your fans, to your following out there, man? People that may not know or people that just uh, found out who you were through the show, man. Uh, yeah, man. Just, you know, keep watching, man. I'm an exciting fighter. I have a long career ahead of me. I plan on making everybody in my family proud. Uh, Puerto, the island of Puerto Rico, my following over there. Um, shout out to my coach, Roger Crawl, my team, the Pat Fight Team, uh, MMA Science Academy, my sponsor, Boner Bears Mill Enhancement Gummies. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> You know, my teammates, my friends, my family. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to have these opportunities, and I just want to keep making y'all proud. And um, God bless, man. Thank you for having me. Shit, man. Landon Quinones, the lone wolf himself. You can catch him Tuesday nights on Ultimate Fighter Season 31. Team McGregor, Team Chandler. Landon, it's great having you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for having me.